0: Hello and welcome to the Conscious Buddy podcast. I am Estella, creator of the Conscious Buddy community. Conscious Buddy is a worldwide community that encourages us to make a difference to the lives of ourselves and others through connecting and collaborating with like-minded individuals who want to live a more conscious life and work towards solutions that create a better world. On today's Conscious Buddy podcast, We welcome Janie Lee Grace. Janie is an Amazon number one best-selling author, commentator and co-presenter on the UK's biggest radio show, BBC Radio 2's Steve Wright in the afternoon. Janie has written books on holistic living, including the number one Amazon bestseller Imperfectly Natural Women and currently writes columns for many magazines and offers PR and media training. She hosts the annual Janie Loves Platinum Awards to recognise the best in natural and organic products and services. After ditching the booze in January 2018, Janie has launched a podcast, Alcohol-Free Life, and runs the Sober Club focusing on sober self-care, and more recently, Janie launched her new book, Happy, Healthy, Sober. Hi, Janie. (laughs) how are you yeah good thanks you yeah really good thank you I wanted to say thank you so much for you know coming on to uh, what's going to be the first series of the Conscious Buddy podcasts Um, and this particular series is all about conscious practices for mental health and addiction and um yeah it's it's interesting of the podcast um I've decided to call uh the uh happy healthy sober which is the title of your book that comes out and launches officially on paperback in February yeah so I'm really interested to talk to you about that but also just kind of to um, I suppose to help the audience listening as well to recap on how I know you mm-hmm. and how it started which was about 11 years ago on one of Jason Vale's juicing retreats the juice master or say as, and um, for a seven day juice cleanse and it was up in the Turkish mountains uh, I had no idea what to expect mm-hmm. my mum had gone on one of these retreats and was just like you need to go, it will be it will change your life. So, so we just went, okay. Um and and it did. It, it totally changed. It did totally change my life. I would say it was right at the beginning of my journey. Mm. I recognised, I think, at this point in my life, being also with a partner that um was a, a lead singer in a band and a songwriter were out partying all the time, um, drinking copious amounts mm. and I think it was for both of us the first holiday we had ever had without a drink, you know, without an alcoholic drink. Um, So, even that was a really strange concept to get on a plane, go into a hot country, and to not have a cocktail by our side. Mm. (laughs) So, it was uh, such a learning experience. And, of course, this is where um, I met you and then also heard about your, you know, your sort of journey at this time, which was. Um, everything was you know organic and natural and and so this was quite I mean this wasn't a new concept for me but I think at the time when my lifestyle was I just didn't care about this stuff too much at that particular moment I was Mm. so much more concerned on going out and partying and socializing that I didn't really think about sort of what chemicals I was using so much in my home even though I knew that they were damaging Um, So, yeah, this week was absolutely life changing. It was also where I was sort of introduced, if you like, um, or really got into meditation and yoga with Kenny. Um, I was hooked, actually. I got up every single day, every morning and done a meditation and yoga practice with him and and literally did anything that Kenny did. I was there. Um, So I was instantly hooked. And then I came back and carried on. And I was already in the health industry. Um, but I just didn't realise the damage really at this stage I, I suppose I did realise but my, my mindset couldn't stop it it couldn't stop what I was doing it couldn't rationalise it Um so, so yeah, and of course, I know that it's been a journey for you since being on this uh, retreat, and I know that you know you you were drinking at the time, and also probably oh, yeah. unaware of the you know the the kind of the effects that it was having on you so much. Um, and then in 2018, you decided to stop drinking for Dry January or Sober January. And um, and that was it. And you and you carried on. So could you talk to us about Mm, how that happened, how you feel, how you've kept that going, what sober life is like for you now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to say, you know, as you as you as you mentioned that um, that juice retreat. I mean, I did about five or six of Jason's retreats actually back then um and and they were life-changing for me as well uh in that I hadn't um, sort of incorporated juicing into my life before I hadn't you know been getting enough fruit and veg in for sure <laughs> so that <laughs> definitely helped me I was already very much on that sort of holistic living path as you mentioned you know I'd written um my first book was written 14 years ago Imperfectly Natural Woman um and that was a a, a big successful book. It was a sort of Amazon number one bestseller. And and I think the key to the success of the book was that I was very realistic. I was, you know, I was imperfect. The imperfect words Mm. really key, Mm. you know. Um, But I was sharing my my own story of how I um, really was trying to ditch the chemicals in everything so I was trying to eat well I was trying to uh, clean my home without chemicals choose um, you know the right the right cleaning products the right um, furnishings even clothes you know everything <laughs> I was looking to that sustainable eco picture and the and the health and well-being picture therapies treatments you know etc I, I had a website and still do in com, and I've spent years and years um, promoting and um, really, really fully immersing myself in all of these aspects of holistic living. <laughs> However, <laughs> there's this bloody great big elephant in the room for all those years, which that I was drinking alcohol. I mean, God, I look back and it's just it's, it's just incredible, actually, that I kind of tiptoed around it the whole time and you know you're absolutely right when we were on retreat of course I didn't think about drinking Uh, in fact I did a couple of retreats and came back and didn't drink for um one on one retreat I came back and didn't drink for seven months Mm -hmm. um because I felt great and I was eating well uh but alcohol was still a thing it was still a thing for me Um, You know, I still thought it was glamorous. I was was still bought into the illusion. Um, And so when eventually I was at a party or whatever and someone offered me one, my mindset was, well, clearly I don't have a problem. I can just have one. Um, (laughs) So off I went again. Um, But the reality is I don't have an off switch Mm -hmm. when it comes to alcohol. Right. I do not have an off switch. And common knowledge, you know, society would have us believe that there are two types of drinkers. There's, there are those people at complete rock bottom who need, um, you know, intervention and alcohol services and rehabilitation. And then there's everyone else, happy mm. social drinkers who just occasionally can't hold their beer. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. The reality mm. is, it's the spectrum. And most people are not at rock bottom. It's a very small percentage who are. Most people are somewhere on that, I call it, booze elevator. (laughs) And it's all these different shades of grey. And we now know the term is grey area drinkers. Hmm. And I was a classic grey area drinker. I could stop for a while, but then I got back into it. And it always ramps up. And you pretty much only go one way down that booze elevator, you know, as you get older and stress (laughs) comes into your life and whatever it might be. Um, And so I was, you know... I was tiptoeing around that. And of course, it's very easy to do because it never gets called out in society. Um, You know, there's that lovely phrase that I think um, that Jason, I think, was one of the first people to use, which is that alcohol is the only drug you have to justify not taking.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. How ridiculous is it? You yeah. know that, and 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 it filters through everything. It filters through spirituality and meditation and yoga. I mean, for God's sake, some people do yoga with wine.
0: Yeah,
1: what the actual? <laughs> really, <laughs> you know. But a few years ago, I probably would have thought that was madly hilarious. Mm. Um, that's how much it's in our culture. It's so ingrained in our culture as the societal glue that sticks everything together. Um, But the truth of it was, after all of those years of uh, tiptoeing around the elephant in the room, um, I finally had to start looking at it because I was definitely not at rock bottom. I never had a rock bottom. Nobody would have known there was any problem at all. I was fully functioning, perfectly fine. But I knew I wasn't fine. And I was waking up at 3 a.m. pretty much every day. And it was like a voice in my head saying, what are you doing what is Mm. actually going on you are meant to be queen Mm. of health and well-being what are you doing Mm. it's this is not okay right and this happened daily and then by six o'clock the following evening you know the wine which was in my ear saying go on you deserve it have (laughs) one you know it'll be fine Um, Mm. and so this went on for years and one of the things that I I say you know when I Chat to people like you who you know get the whole holistic picture mm-hmm. is is how um when I look back, just how interesting it is that I um occasionally felt safe enough to broach the subject when I saw therapists or or uh, enlightened healers you know, and I would say to them actually you know i'm 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 really worried about you know there's something not right. Um, I'm hearing voices in my head telling me to go and have another drink. I don't even want another one. I don't know what's going on. And uh, one by one, they would all tell me, you know, um, well, it sounds pretty normal, you know, just have an alcohol-free day. Yeah. You know, God, <laughs> I had a pound for every time somebody said that, you know, um, it's not their fault. It's no. not their fault. They, most people just either, either they've got it going on themselves So they it's too difficult and awkward for them to be able to address it in someone else or they genuinely don't know that there are gray area drinkers Um, or they just don't know how you would start to deal with it. Um, Because unless you're at rock bottom, if someone's at rock bottom, doctors, therapists, healers know what to do with you. They can refer you. End of. Right. But for everyone else, it's just, oh, poor you. How bad is it? You know, yeah. (laughs) No one. Well, I mean, it's thankfully it's changing. But back then it felt as though nobody else was going through what I was going through. Yeah, of course, I now know that's nonsense. You know, when once I once I finally made the decision and I got inspired, suddenly I discovered a whole new world out there of amazing sober badasses incredible sober heroes mm. who put this positive spin on this mm. and suddenly I entered a completely different world mm. um, and for me it was literally like finding that missing piece of the holistic jigsaw you know I'd been I'd been circling around it doing all these things but that one core piece that was the middle of the jigsaw <laughs> that was so important I'd just I'd been missing all those years
0: Well, you know, it's culturally very acceptable um, to drink, especially in our our culture. I remember my mum actually handing a book over to me. I can't actually remember the name. It might have just been Quit Drinking, and it was a Jason Vale book. Yeah, Kick
1: kick the Drink Easily, it's called.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I I remember being highly offended. My my mum had given me this book. I was like... (laughs) Do you yeah. think that I have a problem with alcohol? She's like, well, no, but I just thought it would be a good book to give you. And I was so offended that she thought I had a problem with alcohol because I also had a view on what having a pro- problem with alcohol was. Yeah. And interestingly, also, when I became sober years and years ago, you know, when I started that journey and I, and I would go out to places and people would say to me, what you're not drinking, like, and I and I no 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 I'm not drinking. What you don't drink at all now? No, I I don't drink at all. I, something seriously, what happened? Something yeah, exactly. Something must How have bad really did bad. It get? Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We call, and there we, was an element. We, I was uh, going to say were, I, we call those people the sober shamers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably was one of those sober shameless. <laughs> yeah, for a
1: while, I think we all were. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, because I wanted people to, I wanted people to um, to normalise my drinking as well at that time. You know, so I needed to feel comfortable about my drinking, and so if somebody wasn't drinking, it would make probably yeah. on the deeper level make me feel quite uncomfortable. No, absolutely, shining a light
1: on someone else's behaviour without a doubt. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah and then of course when I, I came away from of that you know i then it, it came on to me and i could see what was happening because i thought okay well i did that so you know i get it um but yeah it was Uh, Now, you know, and it's funny because I remember doing like a a coaching seminar with you. Um, One of the questions that you asked was, you know, if you had, I think, three months to live, Mm -hmm. what is it that you would like to leave, your legacy that you would Mm -hmm. like to leave? And I think my first initial reaction was to help people um, in addiction, you know, Mm -hmm. to provide alternative solutions. I didn't really know what those solutions were. and, And for me, what I'm doing and the whole idea of Conscious Buddy is to create um, this diversity, you know, there are so many different paths. There are so many different approaches that we can take, um, and and all of them are, are relevant, and they have certainly been for me as well. Um, but yeah, it it was it was to 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 leave that legacy, and but weirdly enough, I felt. An essence of shame around that because I it meant having to tell my story and either one I didn't feel that I had got bad enough, um, <laughs> or, or, or two that people were going to think badly of me that I had been in addiction. So yeah. you know there, it was a really taboo subject and I didn't know how to put my myself out there and I, and I feel. Now that I'm watching, you know, the people that have inspired me, like yourself and Jason Vow and other, you know, influences out there where this is actually now becoming, you know, really spoken about and actually living a conscious and healthy life Mm -hmm. and how much it's given us as as human beings to reach our full potential, um, now I'm like, great, you know, I feel like I can just put it out there. But yeah, I've been on this path for so many years, but it has just given me that that little bit more confidence to kind of put myself out there and feel comfortable about that and recognising, like you say, it doesn't need to be the elephant in the room anymore. You know, it can be spoken yeah. about quite freely. Well,
1: it, it, you know, it's interesting. There's two little bits that I'd say to to what you just said. You know, number one, it is interesting that so many of us, me included, when we first stop drinking, we feel shame, right? I mean, I felt this huge sense of shame. I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I, it's not mm. what I recommend now. Most <laughs> no, certainly not. But but, you know, I didn't know any better. And I didn't tell anyone. I literally kept it to myself um, and and just sort of hold up this awful sort of shameful feeling. I mean, bizarrely, I hadn't felt a lot of shame when I was drinking. But when I wasn't drinking, I felt all this shame, <laughs> which was very bizarre. Mm. Um, but, you know, the other, the other part of what you're saying, you know, you said that whole thing about, was I bad enough in commerce? You know, you know. One of the messages that I want to get across to everyone is that you do not have to wait till you're at rock bottom before you quit the booze, right? In fact, mm-hmm. I would definitely suggest you don't, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about how bad you are and how much you're drinking. The question really should be: Could my life be better physically and emotionally without it, right? Yeah. And that might be. You might say yes to that, even if you're only drinking a couple of glasses on a weekend if you know that your life will be better without it so yeah. it, it, that's the real question it's not how bad am i or i'll wait till i get much worse don't
0: <laughs> yeah and actually do you think that uh, uh, like you say the kind of the the gray area around it and what people kind of tend to do is actually and i and i did this as well and you've spoken about this about this you know i'm I don't feel very good. The alcohol hasn't made me feel very good. It's set me back a couple of days. I'm not going to have a drink this, you know, I'm not going to have a drink this weekend. And then before you know it, you're finding yourself. And then all of a sudden your mind is justifying it again. And it's, yeah. oh, I don't really drink that much. It's not that bad. It could be worse. And, you know, this excitement kind of comes back in to have yeah. a drink and go out and see your friends and and all of that. So it, that, I, that I have found was the hardest yeah, absolutely. Area to break free from. How how, how do how did you
1: yeah. sort it's of not, overcome that? It's not the physical cravings that are the issue for most people. The the physical kind of craving is gone within a few days. It's entirely yeah. what's going on in your head. It's the we we know now that the it, it, it's like the 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 cycle of you you, you have the thought. You it's the think, feel, act. You have these thoughts and the thoughts are, oh, it's a lovely sunny day. You know, wouldn't it be nice to have a Sauvignon Blanc or whatever it is? Um, <laughs> and it's and, and then it's the feeling. It's a case of what's the feeling that I'm going to get from that. And your, your unconscious mind brings you all these memories and all these associations that you have sort of packaged up together in one happy, shiny ball of glamour that, oh, if I have that drink, that will make me feel X. And amazingly, alcohol can seemingly do everything it can make you feel amazingly confident sexy and sassy but it can also chill you out you know Mm -hmm. allegedly it can do everything so basically Mm -hmm. when you have the thought oh i think i want to drink or oh i need a drink there will be mountains there will be a lifetime's worth of associations to support the feeling that you think you're going to get from it and that's what makes us drink So Mm. the answer is we can't stop the thoughts. The thoughts will come in, certainly for a while, because that's human nature. But what we can do is notice them. And then we can ask ourselves, okay, what's really going on? So you put the pause in. You put the pause in once the thought comes to you. What Actually, what feeling is it I'm really trying to get? Okay. so if you've come Mm. in after a long day at work or if you've been in your office or whatever and you're exhausted, And the thought is, I'm, you know, I need need a drink. Wow, I'm exhausted. I want a, man, do I need a glass of something right now? Okay, ask yourself, hold on, what's the feeling I really want right now? The feeling Mm. you're after is a feeling of relaxation, a feeling of switching from work mode to relaxation mode, right? Now, actually, the reality is liquid in a glass can't do that for you. Mm. It's only the associations that that do that for you for a while Mm. until it bites Mm. you on the bum, you know. Mm. So clearly the answer is, okay. I know this is easier said than done. It, It takes a while. You have to train yourself. You train yourself to really look at the thoughts. Maybe go and write it down and say, what feeling am I really trying to get? I just want to I actually want to feel relaxed or I want that change from work to relaxation or work to family time or whatever. Okay, how else can I get that? And at the beginning, you've got a whole memory bank worth of, of, of memories that only revolve around alcohol. So clearly, you've got to start building up new memories. right? But there are lots of ways to do that. And I always suggest that people gather their sober toolkit, as I call it, and have masses of resources, little things, little acts of self-care that, that change your state that make that, that, that transformation time between work, just to use that example, you know, between work and relaxation, what else can you do? Can you go for a walk? Can Mm. you put your feet on the earth? Can you have a bath with essential oils? Can you go and do some yoga stretches? Can you make yourself a smoothie? Can you, um, I don't know. There's a million things. Can you go and listen to a podcast? Um, Do, do something for 20 minutes. Mm. Um, because that gets you past that craving. And a craving is just a thought. And you only had the thought because it was a certain feeling you wanted to create. So create that feeling a different way. And over time, you start to build up more of these associations. And then you can draw on, Okay, well, I really want to feel that way. And although there's there's a million of them associated with drinking, I do remember that I felt great when I had that bath yesterday. So do you know what? I'll do that again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the worst thing that you can do is sit there for half an hour or whatever it is, stressing about the idea that you can't have a drink and that that isn't the solution. Because actually all that's it all that's going to end up happening is you'll probably talk yourself into having a drink so it is about recognizing quite quickly what what choices do I have here what is it that I can do in order to shift the way I feel because ultimately that's what we're doing when we have a drink we're shifting the way we feel um because we don't want to feel the way that we're feeling in that moment so we're looking to change the way we feel so um you know, we need to replace that, right? I mean, <laughs> most most of that.
1: us are not very good at sitting with our emotions, you know, we because mm. we have never done it, you know, and, and, and if you start drinking when you're a teenager, God knows that's a lot of years of actually not we're not really very emotionally mature because every yeah. bloody big thing that's happened in our lives we've dealt with with alcohol. If you think about mm. it, it's quite scary. Mm. You know, mm. every yeah. every You know, romantic breakup. Every you know everything, every upset, every bit of fear, every bit of anger—it's all been dealt with by numbing out with booze. So when you actually have to face your emotions, it's tough. You have to learn a whole new kind of vocabulary of being, being, being willing to actually embrace all your emotions and sit with them, and you know work through it. And, And as you say, the key is in finding a way of to change your state. Even if it's only for a few minutes, find a way of changing your state. Just, you know, we're so often most of us are in, you know, fight, fear, or whatever the expression is, fight or flight mode, fight aren't we? Fight or flight, yeah. Or fear, you know. So we're kind yeah. of frozen. Um, and, and actually, that's a really uncomfortable place for the for the body and mind to be. Uh, unless there's a tiger, of course. If there's an actual tiger coming, well, we absolutely need to be in flight mode because we need to run the hell out, right? <laughs> But as there aren't really any tigers, it's just stress. um, We've got to find other ways to release that stress. Um, And, you know, if all we've ever done is just pour booze on it, uh, we're not really very good at properly learning how to release the stress. But, of course, there are loads of other ways. And one of the the best ways is to just drop back into the body and go and do some yoga stretches or go for a walk or or dance, move. Sometimes Mm. you actually just need to make it physical Rather than trying to sit there and argue with yourself.
0: Definitely. It it, it really, there's so much that exists in the body, isn't there? And of course, that's where we hold on to, to, you know, we're we're holding on through fight and flight. We're holding on to basically trauma. Yeah. You know, and we're creating trauma. You know, we're creating that trauma through our body, through stress. Um, and so, you know, to really, because the body doesn't know, but, you know, the body doesn't really know what the mind is saying. The mind might be saying, oh, I really need a drink or I'm stressing about it. The, the body's reacting in in, in the same way, it doesn't understand the language you're actually using. Um, so, of course, this is, this is no different in, in rela- you know, in, in inviting in a sense of relaxation, You know, it just knows that you're taking it into a different energy state. You're now working into what's known as the rest and digest system, uh, nervous system. And of course, when you're in the rest and digest nervous system, you are are more, more relaxed. Your nervous system is relaxed. You know, you don't feel the need then to crave something exactly. that's ultimately going to um, give you something very temporarily, uh, you know, that's going to, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, it will instantly relax the nervous system. But ultimately, every time you do that, you are actually igniting that fight and flight system, which causes extreme anxiety which is why when you do sober up you know you're in a state of utter anxiety it it, it leaves you feeling literally like you can't face your own shadow you know you're in fear of your own shadow and it is the worst and most horrible feeling in the whole world and I think that's one of the things I, you know, try to do when I was coming off the drink is I try to take myself through the scenario as well of having a drink. If I have a drink, yeah, playing a table mm. Yeah. Mm. What, what's that going to do for me? How is that going to make me feel? What are the consequences for this? Yeah. And by taking me into the feeling that I absolutely hated that the the thing that really took me wanted to, you know. Uh, to take me away from alcohol why I wanted to stop from alcohol was that horrible feeling yeah so that that really did help um mm. because otherwise my mind would play tricks on the and to remember the pleasure yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i
1: think i think you you're absolutely right and I, and i think that it works differently for different people and at different times because i think you mm. know there is you're you're absolutely right there is there is that there are the pain points, the memories you know some people have had a rock bottom moment, and I would always recommend that that everyone writes down their worst experience you know and just how yeah. unbelievably awful it really was in in, mm. in glorious detail. No one else has to read it, but you should write it, write it down by hand, and really fully remember that experience because you never want to go there again, so you know that pain point, if you like that that being able to go back in your mind to just how terrible it is to remind you that you never want to go there. It's a really important technique. Unfortunately, though, over time, what happens is you're it's that's not recreated. The the what happened for me anyway, it's not the same for everyone, of course. But what happened for me was I I there were a few of those pain points that I didn't want to be at. But after a period of time where I'd stopped drinking, um though that those memories got much smaller and my unconscious mind told me that I could now moderate easily Mm. so (laughs) I would never go back to that pain point because I was now just a a moderate drinker and that's perfectly fine because isn't that what everybody does of course Mm. so uh and that's why I I then start drinking again and it ramps up and of course it's never just one obviously of course it isn't I don't have an off switch (laughs) um so So that's why I believe I always tell my clients I'm working with that having that logic, as I call it, is really important. So the logic of knowing why alcohol is bad for you, the fact that it's linked to 200 different illnesses and God knows how many different types of cancer, the fact that it inflames your gut, the fact that it lowers immunity, all Mm. of that stuff. And in addition to that logic, your own pain point your own terrible moment so really Mm -hmm. have have knowledge of all of that really make sure that's that's clear and you've and you've Mm -hmm. got sight of it however what you also need and I think this bit is critically important and I didn't have it the first few times around what you also need is that carrot on the end of a stick that that motivation that you you don't know yet you haven't found it yet but somewhere in the distance you've got a little vision because you've heard, you've listened to a podcast like this, you've listened to my podcast, you've, you've, you've caught sight of a life that is so much better without any alcohol that, mm. wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to focus on that. I don't even know if it's going to happen to me, but, man, I want to give it a go. And it's that inspirational piece, you know, it's that, um, what's the expression, you know, emotions, not logic, will inspire your action Mm. so if you can get emotionally connected to that feeling of wow what what might be there for me if I'm not drinking so then suddenly it takes it away from giving something up I never use the phrase giving up it's Mm -hmm. no longer about what you're going to give up so that you don't have the pain it becomes more about wow what will I gain you know and people do gain in Every single area of their life. In the Sober Club that I run, oh, my God, it's like watching people. It's just like watching transformation every single week. Somebody will do amazing things that they never would have thought they could ever do. I mean, it's just incredible. The way people develop and blossom is is unreal.
0: And how important is it to stay inspired as well on the journey, you know, to stay inspired by others that ultimately – you know, uh, obtaining sobriety and living a life, you know, that is enjoyable um, and giving them so much more. Because, you know, in reality, we could look at you and go, well, you were already successful. You know, you had achieved so much, but yet you've come away from the alcohol and you are now saying I'm, even more feeling even better you know oh, yeah. and it's not even necessarily about what you're achieving e- externally but how you're actually feeling within yourself and what that's doing for you
1: yeah I mean um, the anxiety uh, the anxiety piece I could never have imagined the difference you know i, I I'm grateful that i i don't think that i've ever um, you know I, I i don't have depression i haven't had depression but i Now look back and I realise that I was extremely anxious. I mean, unbelievably anxious and stressed pretty much all the time. And I just thought that was my normal state. Just thought that's Mm. the way I am. And it's not till I stopped drinking. I'll always remember, I should have written it down, but because I don't know how far into sobriety it was, but I actually remember waking up and not being able to pinpoint the feeling. It's like, what? what is that feeling that I've just woken up with? I know I'm not drinking and, and that's, there's that. and But what is this feeling? And then I realised it was contentment. <laughs> yeah, Contentment, right? And it was not a feeling I'd had probably since I was a kid. Mm. It's just bizarre. And it's only when I wasn't anxious all the time that I realised just how anxious I'd been. I mean, the link is huge. And, you know, people... I mean, I, I've, I've got a lot of a lot of members in the sober club who have. I mean, this has been the biggest change for them. They've found that they've been able to ch- reduce or change medication, or I mean, all kinds of stuff happens. I, of course, I'm not saying that if you stop drinking, that will ultimately mean mm. that no one has to take medication anymore. I'm not saying that, but but for many people, there's been debilitating anxiety that mm. has eased if not gone completely
0: yeah because I think you know um and they and they talk about this obviously uh, because I used to sort of do 12-step programs as well you know that's been part of my my journey Um, and and it talks about obviously alcohol being just the symptom you know the symptom to what's actually really going on inside so when you take that away you start to see what actually was in your life Um, you know which is potentially the anxiety which is the trauma you know all the things that haven't actually really been addressed you know um, and have been suppressed down and of course covered up and plastered over by alcohol so you know this is where communities are really important you know because this is where we get to share and also where there there are resources there are resources to actually look at how we can now address the issues um, that was in causing you to, to, to drink in the in the first place, you know? Yeah, so and obviously you know what you what you've created with the sober club has done that i mean and that, i just think that's you know brilliant the you you started january dry january and now you have a whole community so you know of the sober club which is and and of course a book that's that's mm. coming out on a you know, happy healthy sober and mm. you know and, and it already helping so many people
1: well i think my my main focus um was always uh, from the start that i i wanted to um I wanted to connect with people who wanted to, to focus on optimum health and well-being that's underpinned by sobriety. So there's already a bunch of groups where people can connect if they want to get sober, of course. Um, but but my focus is 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 very much to focus on the holistic picture. So I've yeah. got members in the Sober Club who are on day one or they want to get to day one. You know, they're really committed. But I've also got members of six, seven years sober because it's about the everything else and that's what's so amazing about how it works because there are you know members in there that have been sober three years and um, for example and then you know I was thinking of one one member who has been sober three years but now now she's realizing that she wants to start her own business and she's trying a, a completely different walk of life you know so she's kind of blossomed into something completely new you know there are other people who maybe they've been sober three months and now they want to deal with with eating too much sugar or getting Mm. fit or whatever there's all you know there's always another layer isn't there to Mm. unravel and and that's that's what's been so great about it and that's what I wanted to do with the book really is yes offer a challenge with all the all the various tips and the strategies for actually ditching the booze but then after that a massive massive lifestyle section um with other experts as well by the way not just me in the book talking about literally all these different aspects of uh health and well-being mm.
0: Mm. yeah well that that's exciting I'm definitely going to get the book and also I would like to you know check out the 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 sober um uh, living sober living is that right? Have I got that right? What the oh, club? Right? The club. Oh, sober the club. club. Sorry, yeah, sober, yeah. Club. Yes. Yes, so sober, sober club.
1: club. Yeah, Sober soberclub.com. Yeah.
0: So and it's funny because I I feel like I'm sort of coming away from sort of certain you know social media addictions mm. and actually I, now I'm kind of joining these little pockets of community that are really inspiring me and really yeah. helping me to grow and help and I and I need that you know I need to be on that and that's kind of almost the next stage of my recovery if you like mm. you know is to mm. actually be inspired um and stay in communities that are actually inspiring me and helping me to grow
1: as a person I think we all we all need this don't we we all need the it's like that sort of you know one coal can't really burn we we need a bunch of people and there's that lovely expression isn't there that um you know that we 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 need to find a tribe where the behaviors that you desire are Their behaviors, you know, their normal behavior kind of thing, and and what's lovely about what we do in the sober club is obviously everything's underpinned by sobriety, obviously, Um, and then layered on, you know, on top of that, is that we obviously talk a huge amount about good nutrition and 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 uh, you know, mindset and meditation, and there's masses of resources, but then we also dabble in all these other funky areas that many people have never even thought of. Like (laughs) the other day, we we I did a, a, a an interview with a shaman. And he just did the most amazing movement medicine. Um, mm. workshop for us and and most people in the group I've never even heard of, of they didn't even know what a shaman was let alone you know <laughs> dancing in their kitchen and it was just magical um yeah. but, you know we do all kinds of stuff like that we have um, an angel card expert comes in occasionally and people are like what when when I joined this sober club I didn't know it's going to be reading angel cards well you don't have to
0: <laughs> you know you don't have to
1: there's something for everybody um you know and then on you know on completely the other um side of things you know you know, we've got a, a, a grief expert going to be, gonna be mm. talking to us soon. So we really are looking at a holistic picture because mm. once you ditch the booze, you do care about everything. You care about all sorts of different aspects of health and well-being. And there's so many kind of layers you want to re- you know, reveal and work on. And of course, it's not we don't all do things at the same time. I get that completely. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll, ne- I'll never stop being excited by. Um, you Know by I, everyone's got more to learn in terms of uh, holistic health and well being.
0: I think the thing is, when you stop drinking as well, you become more present, definitely. You know, and I think as a result of becoming more present, you notice more. And as a result of noticing more, you have more energy and you get more excited by life. Yeah. And as a result of that, you start to see what else is out there exactly. and how much more possibility and opportunity there is. Yeah, it's so and irritating. that's exciting.
1: It really is. There's that lovely saying, you know, alcohol steals your joy, but being sober makes you brave.
0: And it really
1: does. It makes you have a sense of authenticity and confidence. And so that you're much more able to go after the things you want. I remember feeling, you know, um, I remember having times when I felt really stuck and really sort of small and hemmed in and um, I can I remember those feelings, and I also remember being absolutely bloody terrified of getting older. I mean, really terrified of like everything going south and how awful <laughs> I was going to look, and I was putting loads of weight on, and I wasn't going to have any energy. And I I just remember feeling, well, this is it, you know, that uh, things ain't going to you know ain't going to get any better. I'm just you know sort of rocketing into. Um, a miserable old age I remember those <laughs> those thoughts you know I had them a lot I really mm. had them a lot particularly in the industry I work in you know in the media where mm. you know you want to still look okay and I remember thinking well you know what am I what am I going to do I, I'm not the kind of person that's going to I don't want to have botox and and, and I can 't just keep dieting because I 'll put the weight back and I remember having all these agonizing conversations with myself about mm. uh, the fact that I hated the fact that I was getting older um, but do you know what? Within I don't know seven or eight months of ditching the booze, a, a girlfriend who I'd not seen for ages said to me, "Have you had a facelift?" <laughs> <laughs> she, she, I thought you didn't believe in that. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> um, and and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still carrying a few extra pounds. But you know what? I don't care. I don't no. care. No. I, I, and, and now you know, I tell everyone I'm getting younger now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's my excuse. I mean, all of that fear and anxiety around getting older is gone. All of it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, and I of now course... feel everything's getting better. Whereas all I yes. could see was everything getting
0: worse. Now everything's getting better. And actually by 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 releasing the fear and anxiety around looking old, you actually the 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 uh, the byproduct of, of releasing that fear and anxiety is that you actually start to look younger.
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: <laughs> It, there's something happens you're to feeding your the cells
1: yeah yeah something really happens to your energy when you when you ditch the booze I saw another uh, I saw a therapist friend of mine a healer friend of mine after I'd stopped drinking I think it must have been about three months and um she didn't know that I'd stopped drinking and I walked into her therapy room and she said something's completely different about you and she said <laughs> and she sort of looked at me and she said you, I think you've lost a little bit of weight, but it's not that. Something completely <laughs> different about you. It was really interesting. You just saw a different aura.
0: Yes. What it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy changes. It emanates yeah. totally differently. It's that. It, well, you know, everything is energy and everything is vibration and frequency. You know, and ultimately um alcohol is also a vibration frequency. Absolutely. So, and frequency so a very low you know, one at that yes <laughs> so when you put that on your body of course that's going to shine through it's going into your blood system right so yeah. you know that's why we know when we look at um you know juicing and organic uh, fruits and vegetables and how it's grown and the soil that it's grown in and of course the products that we use all of those operate at a vibrational frequency and of course Bring us up to that, to that vibration. And so we start to, um, Look and feel and act, and people respond to us differently. So, yeah, and then and then you start to see how that works as well. So, as people start to respond to you differently, you're like, oh, oh, okay, um, you know, this is obviously shining through. So, yeah, and that that's encouraging for for the journey as well.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. It definitely definitely changes your frequencies. There's no doubt about it.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm. I'm just. I, I've really. I feel like my vibration has just uh, <laughs> <laughs> risen from this. Uh, this wonderful podcast, and I really am so grateful that you've um, given me the time. Uh, for this series as well, which I feel you know is really important right now as well with what with what we're all going through. So and there's yeah. big changes you know in every everything that's going on at the moment, and so many people are trying to look at those changes. So to provide resources for that right now, um, I feel is really important, and it feels like it's time and the right time. Mm, so. Um, yeah i mean what i would do is i will put a link um you know when the podcast goes out uh, which will be within the next couple of weeks so the link will go on uh, for all your resources um but yeah thank you so much janie i really really appreciate it oh,
1: thank you for inviting me it's really lovely to connect it's brilliant brilliancy
0: thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed that to continue to keep up to date with what the Conscious Body community are up to, uh, you can connect through the online platform, which is a safe container. You request to join. There are a few suggestions, which is just to follow some simple rules of love and kindness, equality, supporting others, community, and unity. This is just so we can keep the container safe for you to share with your other Conscious Bodies. You can also find out about up and coming retreats, events and workshops at consciousbuddycommunity.com. If you like the content you are receiving and to continue to support our mission, which is ultimately to provide resources into our communities and to help educate those that need it, you can make a monthly or one-off donation through our donate button on consciousbuddycommunity.com. We appreciate your support.